Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the College Rugby Wrap-Up, part of the Rugby Wrap-Up Network. I, of course, am Zach Lanning, the uh, host here. We have one of three hosts. I don't want to promote myself right away here, uh, but I'm joined He's by... the host, Josh. The wow. host. Wow. Okay. I know. Guy, this is this is starting poorly. I didn't want to tell you guys, but I have promote. I actually did promote myself uh, in the background here. So, uh, but Colby Marshall, Josh Resio joining me here today. My subordinates, uh, welcome in, guys. How you feel? Feeling great, outstanding, excellent, excellent. Wonderful. Josh, how about Josh you? Josh got it. Josh got a haircut. You guys can't see, but he's looking very spiffy. I did. I had to. I had to get. I had to get myself looking a little bit better. I'm still in a sweatshirt and sweats right now, but I'll, I'll take the haircut. You could tell like it bleeds through in the audio, Josh, where you're not looking your best. You know, your audio just sounds like it's not crisp. But you know, right now you're good, man. You're, you're looking solid. So you're fine. Wow. I'm glad. I'm glad I get I get I get judged week by week by Colby about my audio. sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, it's good when I'm having a good day. <laughs> Colby's keeping us all in line. He's checking my grammar last week, too, in the show, Doc, making sure our outfits are on point. Our look is solid. So got every podcast have somebody like Colby, man. Thanks, Colby. We appreciate you. Need, need that quarterback leadership, you know? So, Absolutely. So it. I got you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, not much um, we'll say going on our outside of school segment here. Not a lot of news outside of college. Unless you guys have anything specific you want to bring up that you've seen uh, going on that's not necessarily college related. But on the golf rugby report, I nothing. saw a interesting article about a high school team, the Nightmare Rugby. Okay. Apparently are off to a really good start in their season in Pennsylvania. I believe it's sevens action that they're competing in right now, but I just wanted to bring up the fact that nightmare rugby, like that's a really cool name for a team. That is a very cool name for a team. Like, I'm hundred percent. The headline caught my eye. I, that's the only reason I clicked on the article and I realized it was high school and I was like, Oh, you know, let me actually prepare for the podcast with some college stuff, but nightmare <laughs> caught my eye. You have to be really good if you're going to name your team Nightmare, though, because then they could be like, oh, what a nightmare. Like, we're so bad that it's a nightmare, you know. But if you're really good, then you're an actual nightmare for people. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. They, they can definitely carry that fear factor. But they got to they gotta back it up. Like Cutstown. Like Cutstown's no. a pretty intimidating name, right? So I feel like and They're Cutstown, an intimidating team. Yeah. Yeah. They back it up. Nightmare. Got to back it up. If you're going to bring it, if you're going to be a nightmare. Like that video when the Eagles posted, like when the, in the NFL, in the NFL, when they were like a sack, going to sack Eli Manning a bunch of times and they had him like seeing ghosts in the, uh, <laughs> I love those that? little bits. Yeah. The little animation bits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those are awesome. Are you an Eagles fan? God, no giants fan. Okay. So it was painful to me to relive that memory, but it was awesome for me. Cause I'm an Eagles fan. <laughs> Well, yeah, you got some more awesome stuff uh, that went better for you than it did for me when we come up into our lock it up segment later on in the show. We can get to that later as well. Uh, but first, what we will talk a little bit about uh, some college news. The NCR announced that they have launched their uh, Friday night rugby series, which I think we're all pretty excited about. Uh, they're going to play a game every Friday night through November 18th, and it's going to be streamed on their YouTube channel, which is the best part because it's, you know, they're they're helping to. Uh, elevate some teams and, and put them on, on a video platform so people can actually watch these games. Um, so Friday night rugby guys who can't, you know, what's better than that? 
8 p.m. Eastern time, every game uh, called by John Broker and Pat Clifton, who have called many, many rugby games. Uh, Pat Clifton also involved with the organization of uh, the Sevens tournaments and everything as well. Uh, but, I mean, let me get your thoughts on that, guys. You want Your thoughts overall, and then we can kind of run through the schedule and we can each see, you know, which games we're most excited about. But Friday Night Rugby, pretty cool concept, huh? It's a great concept. I think, I mean, I'm all for high school football, not trying to steal the spotlight from mm-hmm. them, but – Friday night rugby in college, perfect. You get to play your games, and all these kids, they still get to then spend the next day tailgating the football games if their school has a football team, enjoying their weekend. Um, I'm a huge advocate for it, and we finally get to watch some games. I mean, I feel like this year we're starting off the year, and not a lot of games have been you know, streamed, so I love what NCR is doing. Listening to Pat Clifton is going to be a lot of fun. Um, he's going to have a lot of insight about these teams. He's really close with a lot of these people, so – it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, I second that, Josh. I When I played in college, I have to say, I always enjoyed the Friday night games a lot more than the Saturday games. Just because you have the whole weekend, right? To hang out, go out to the mixers, do whatever. Or if you just wanted to stay in and sleep, you still have Saturday, you know? Um, so I do like this concept a lot. I can't and, you guys are just spitting like, rugby heresies on this podcast right now uh you know tradition obviously saturday is a rugby day um but no you're right i i love the friday night concept as well i think that's one of those things that like you know it was a traditional thing and it's cool and i love rugby on saturdays um but i would don't hate every now and then you know going to a friday night game uh great atmosphere usually and then you give those guys like you said a couple couple extra days of rest on the weekend so any of these games jump out to you guys other on the schedule I'm going to go with November 18th, really, that Boston College at Notre Dame game. Um, I think that is just a really cool East versus Midwest matchup, if we're going to call. I guess we got to call Notre Dame the Midwest here. But um, it will be interesting to see how Notre Dame finishes their season, where they're at at that point. I think um, they play a lot of good teams. They're kind of the team that we use to maybe compare some of the better teams in the country to each other because Notre Dame's able to travel so well. So November 18th, I really expect Notre Dame to put on the show against Boston College, and that's probably my favorite one so far that I'm looking at. How about the battle of the Ivy Leagues with Harvard at Yale? I like that one a lot. That is really cool as well. But that's always streamed. To my knowledge, we've always been able to watch that game. So I'm glad NCR is picking it up. That'll be cool. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting matchup. I mean, uh, Harvard and Yale are probably the two Ivies that I don't, I'm not as interested in as the other ones, but I think that's obviously, you know, classic, classic rivalry. Always good when the Ivies uh, clash uh, and the Boston College and our Dame should be great. I, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, Boston College, I mean, not the powerhouse they once were in the rugby space. I remember they used to beat us at Holy Cross, like by a jillion points every time we played them uh, when I was in college, but still obviously tough. Tough outs, both in Boston College and Notre Dame. Uh, and I think for me, the, my, the number one I'm looking at is Adrian at Thomas Moore on October 14th. I mean, I think that's going to be a great game. We've already seen what Adrian can do. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later today about how Thomas Moore beat, uh, you know, one of the podcast favorite teams in Wheeling uh, earlier this week. So uh, those are both really solid up and coming programs. So I'm excited to see them get a national spotlight. You know, maybe some more people can uh, some put eyes on that matchup and see uh you know, get, get a sense for these teams that maybe they, they don't know, think of as, as rugby powerhouses, but definitely some some future powerhouse schools for sure. Um, but outside of those, 
you know, you have September 30th, which is this week. You'll have Temple at St. Joe's. So the Battle of uh, Philly, Philadelphia, Colby's favorite uh, place and the worst place probably on the planet. But I'll, I'll whoa, watch those whoa, games. Whoa, whoa. Uh, terrible. I hate Philadelphia. Let's, let's settle down here. It's Philadelphia or fan. Connecticut are my least favorite places in the entire world. I can't pick. You're, you're a biased Giants fan. Who cares what you say about Philadelphia? <laughs> like it's not it's not valid. Oh man. Uh, we'll we'll take we'll, well get into our Josh is a West Coast guy, has no time for any of this stuff. These are true. Uh isn't Boston College versus Notre Dame? Isn't that the Holy War? Is that what they call it? I think there was a uh the college football yeah. when they used to both be good. Well, I don't care. I mean rugby, football, you gotta you can keep the same rivalry name. Call it the Holy War. I think that'd be an awesome Friday night battle. So uh I, I'm I'm labeling 18th as the Holy War. Great. You got to get on the horn with NCR's marketing people. We're going. Uh, I'll, Pat, we'll be in contact. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. He's anxiously awaiting, but that, that'd be a great matchup. Um, but yeah, so Temple at St. Joe's on the 30th. Uh, on the women's side, there are a couple games as well, women's games that they'll televise. So Illinois, Chicago at University of Chicago on October 21st. Uh, so another intercity battle there. And then they'll be televising the Upstate New York Conference Championship. So obviously TBD, who's going to be playing in that. Uh, but uh, good to get a game with some some high stakes there. Obviously, a championship match uh, on Friday night. That'll be October 28th as well. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to uh, catching some of these matches throughout the year. Uh, settle in on a Friday night, stream those games. It should be, should be a lot of fun. So everybody make sure you check those out. Uh, any other college news? Go ahead. Kudos to you two for calling out Iowa. We're playing really great rugby right now on the women's side. Yeah, that's a good as uh, transitions. Any Colby, we can get into some of our main storylines here. That we want to talk about um, Iowa women are on fire right now, uh, just crushing it. Uh, and I think, yeah, I, you know, I may or may not have said something about them moving up the standings earlier uh, in one of our preview shows. May or may not be right about that. Uh, Josh only knows how good they are because they uh, absolutely destroyed the Michigan State team this weekend, Josh. How do you, how you feeling? You know, that's a tough drive. I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Iowa, but it's from Michigan. It's like an 11-hour drive through the middle of nowhere. Iowa's field, it's still the same field I think it is, is in the middle of cornfields. So it's like field of dreams level, but for rugby. So, you know, it's an intimidating place to play. I'm not I'm not surprised that, you know, Iowa was confident and was able to put it down on Michigan State. But, uh you you were right. That that team looks dangerous, and uh, I can definitely see them, you know, being in contention for some for some trophies at the end of the year for NCR. Yeah, so they're two and zero on the season. They had a twenty seven to twelve win over Purdue in their first game, and then they beat Josh the aforementioned Michigan State sixty five to twenty two, a pretty convincing win uh, at home there. And they just as a team really like caught my eye at the sevens, you know, championship tournaments in the spring and just stood out uh, on the TV screens as we were watching, you know, in, in the broadcast truck, uh, a couple of other players, Erica Kalibli, who scored five tries in, in that match against Michigan. State. Not a Lewis, not, not quite a Lewis, a little, a little more. more. Are we going to call it an Erica now? So I know we had, we, we had to Noel actually Colby. So we're going with a Noel for four tries. It's yeah, the Noel. It's all that Noel. problem with Noel. I oh yeah, I just wasn't grasping the concept in the moment. So that that I, there's some confusion. Okay, yeah, there's some confusion. Yeah. I'll admit to, but I, I'm cool. I'm cool with Lewis. I'm cool with Lewis. If you guys want to do the Lewis, okay, so we can we'll go with the Lewis uh, for four, and then do we want to do 
an Erica for five or a Calibli for five? How do we want to do this? What are we going with? She just gets it right away. <laughs> well, yeah, well, because I've never seen that. I, well, I, seen I five think, I think the idea. Forever. That's how we're doing it now. Well, I, yeah. I, I think the idea now is that we have to wait for someone else to score five. Okay. And hopefully they'll have something in common with each other and we'll name it that. So, we have to find something in common with the two players and name it that. So hopefully an Eric, maybe an Eric scores or like. Maybe it's not their name. Maybe it's the state that they live in or the state that they're from. Yeah, maybe somebody on the Iowa men's team will score five tries in a game. There you go. So tentatively, it it's out. an Erica for now, TBD, placeholder for five tries. Correct. But we'll wait. We'll wait to see. But either way, uh, she really stood out to me during that Sims tournament, just her motor and like her, you know, physicality in that game. Uh, and rugby IQ was off the charts. Uh, and Keishanique Moten Tyler as well, who scored a try in this game for Iowa. They, they just, you know, when you have players like that who just really jump off the screen are difference makers, uh, it really helps. And they now have another year under their belt. Um, and I think they are, you know, this Josh said gonna gonna make some noise. They've jumped now uh two spots in the rankings. They were sixth previously, and they're now ranked fourth uh in the NCR coaches poll, uh behind Southern Nazarene, who we can talk about as well. Uh Michigan at two, another name college at one. But Colby, any thoughts on the on the Iowa women's team uh, and their success so far? No, I think you were spot on with your analysis, Zachary. Really impressive that they came out in the first half, shut Michigan State out 55 to nothing. You know, didn't even really give them a chance in that game. So that's, I think, the indication of a team that means business and a team that's going to be have to be reckoned with for the rest of the year. So going to be excited to follow them. And Erica Kulabali, I mean, what a performance, five tries. That's not something that we see often. So looking forward to continuing to follow her and, and the team. Yeah, they have a big test coming up this week and a must-watch game on October 1st. They're going to be taking on Michigan, uh, who are currently ranked second uh, in, in the NCR coaches poll, who are coming fresh off a, a huge win over Notre Dame, 48-5. to five. Uh, So Michigan on the women's side, the real deal this year. If Iowa can beat Michigan at, at number two here, uh, that's a, that is a huge step in the right direction for them. I think that's going to say a lot about where these programs are. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that matchup? Do you think Iowa has enough to take down Michigan here? Or do you think Michigan, you know, shows them that they deserve to be ranked number two in that coach's poll? I mean, I think that's got to be the game of the week. What do you think, Josh? It's got to be the game of the week. I'm hoping it's streamed. You know, I want to watch that game, but uh, I, I'm not calling it my lock. I can't go that far. <laughs> Dangerous. But I do, I do believe that Iowa will be able to beat Michigan. Um, you know, Michigan did have a great win over Notre Dame, still demanding a 48 to 5 win over them. You know, Notre Dame is also a pretty high ranked team, but I don't know. I think Iowa's got a lot to prove right now. They got a lot of steam going into it. I I I think I think they can maybe prove that Michigan is a little bit higher ranked than they should be at the moment. I, I I'm probably falling more on Josh's side as well. And this is that I, I I'm smelling an upset here uh, and maybe it's not even an upset when all is said and done, but I'm smelling a, a lower seed beating the higher seed here and Iowa taking this one home in what should be a very great game. I will say also though, before we move out of this Southern Nazarene university, another team that I think caught our attention at the uh, NCR sevens tournaments, just for the, based on their like 
physicality and size alone. And they were, they were beating a lot of people. Uh, and they just, they're coming off a huge 128 to zero win over Texas state, uh, which is never, you know, it's, you know, you can't sneeze at scoring over a hundred points in a match, no matter what the level of competition is there. So uh, keep an eye on them as well. Sitting at number three here. Um, they're idle for a while. Though. They don't play until the 22nd of October against Texas A&M, but uh, definitely a team to keep an eye on in that uh, in the NCR women's side of things as well. So uh, we'll see. It could be a, a big shakeup here at the top, but looking forward to yeah, see what Iowa can do. Uh, now, guys, just wanted to move into a couple scores from uh, around the, the men's game as well on the Division One side of things. We will we can start off briefly. We did we did a lot on Penn State last week, but they did win that must win matchup against Mount St. Mary's, thirty two to nothing. Uh, uh, Adam Bilbo for Penn State had a hat trick in that game as well. Ease any of your guys' concerns about Penn State, Colby? We can start with you. This win uh, over Mount St. Mary's. Yeah, I think it definitely eases some concerns that we had. Obviously, you know, we talked about their tough schedule coming out the gate, having to play those two tough games. But I think anytime a team starts off zero and two in that way gonna have to ask some questions and you know with the shutout win over a ranked talented ranked team in Mount St. Mary's um, I think they answered the bell to to some extent so kudos to Penn State I actually thought they only won by 12 so I guess I was um, I saw a wrong scoreline somewhere but yeah uh, the score I had from their side was 32 to nothing Um, fact check us if we're wrong on that everybody uh, right in but they definitely won so um, Josh, does that win kind of, uh, seal things for you here? The Penn state is, uh, is back feeling good. It's a long, it's a long season, long schedule. They got army and Navy, you know, coming up soon. So, and St. Bonaventure and St. Bonaventure, uh, is St. Bonaventure next for them? No, they're last, I think. Okay. So, um, I, I really want them to take one out of one out of the two from Navy and army. And then I'm going to really say Penn state is back. But even, you know, on the other side of that, taking one out, one of the two between Army and Navy is also a huge accomplishment. So we'll see. I, I you know, Penn State, Penn State is always going to be a tough team to beat. And I expect them to hopefully compete in the next three games. We'll see. I'm more curious to see how Mount St. Mary's is going to respond now that they have a tough game coming up against Brown, who are a team that, are feeling pretty good about themselves right now. Why is that? Explain why they're feeling so good. You know, I'm not sure. I think they just have a really nice campus, great food. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I heard they had a great week. Uh, I heard their players were really, really excited. I I mean, well, who'd they win? Who'd they beat? Someone, someone reminded me. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can't quite play. It sounds kind of like Iowa. But it's, it wasn't Iowa. Are they the Gales? Is that ha, what it ha, is? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Guess what, guys? Guess what? Laugh now, cry later. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, based on last week's episode, I thought that we were ready to just, like, you were having a tough time dealing with Iowa's loss then. Now, how is it against Brown? We're gonna. Is this where we're going to go? We're going to talk about I, this now? I, I'm just saying, we, we can if you want. I, I don't know. We did. We got some flack on Twitter for talking about Iona so much, but oh, we uh, did. Wow. Yeah, I think so. Or at least uh, somebody. There was some. Uh, it was on the someone tweeted our rugby wrap up, like the main account, talking about it. So, but it's just so fun. I don't know. It's just so fun. If you ain't got Especially no haters, thirty-two to five. Listen, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. 
<laughs> so there we go. More, more that. power to the Gales. Brown are a good team. <laughs> and they gave us a beating. But we're going to bounce back. Um, you know, it is what it is. Not everything is going to be all sunshine and rainbows. It's a long season. So I'm not going to stop so talking uh, about the Gales. <laughs> well, let's let's I'll say one last thing on the Penn State front. I, I think it would go a long way for me if they can take this game from Navy now, who they have this this coming weekend. Uh, and just say like, hey, you guys are good. You're new on the scene. Not that Navy hasn't played rugby before, but like you're you're just you know you're you're hot on the streets this year. Uh, your new varsity program, uh, but we're Penn State. You know, if they could take a if they could take a close one even against Navy this weekend, I think that would uh, mean a lot to me. But we can move into the Liberty East. You know, that has uh, you're starting to see some distance here now. Colby's uh, unfortunately aforementioned Iona Gales falling to Brown on the weekend, but. Couple other results, you know, helped widen the gap here. AIC edged out Dartmouth 27 25. That's a two point win over, a, you know, what at least I thought. And if we go back to the lock it up segment, it was going to be a pretty convincing win for uh, for the big green. But uh, AIC uh, sitting pretty atop that division now, guys. What do we what do we think about those standings as, as they sit right now, currently uh, in the uh, in the Liberty Conference? Yeah, that AIC Dartmouth game was a. Uh... A game we had circled on our on the schedule last week it turned out to be a really great affair. You know, like you said, they won by two. Are in first place in that Liberties Conference. It's taking me back to a few years ago when AIC were, I wouldn't say dominant, but when they were taking a lot of teams by surprise in the D1 15s landscape. Jihad Kabir was the fly half. You know, they went to a lot of places around the country and got some good results. I think it was 2016, 2017. And they kind of put themselves on the map. And I think that's what we're seeing here again with this club. So, yeah, I like, um, I like ASC a lot. They always have, you know, like really solid athletes as well in that program. Sometimes they struggled marrying the the athleticism and the the rugby skill set, but it seems like this year they kind of have a great balance of that. Um, and they, they're playing really well, three, zero. Uh, leading that Liberty D1 East division, you know, ahead of really good teams like Dartmouth now who are one and one Nazareth one and one uh, Northeastern at one and one. So they have a pretty solid gap there. Uh, Josh, what are your takeaways from that AIC Dartmouth matchup? I mean, being able to beat Dartmouth is huge, but the you know, AIC is a team that has been competitive for years at this point. When you look at the standings here, I mean, in the East, they really, they really, I think are going to have a pretty good hold of it this year. But, you know, when it comes down to playoffs in the West, I think they're going to really see some challenges. I mean, Brown right now sitting at a 108-point differential, Fairfield right behind them at 43. You know, the East is – or the Liberty Conference is, is competitive. It's heck this year. Um, so it's great now. But, again, just like we said for Penn State, it's super early in the season. A lot of stuff can change. A lot of teams can turn it around. I'm sure Matt McCarthy would be saying that Buffalo is about to turn it around and start – you know, dropping a hundred <laughs> points on the teams every week. So I, I'm, I'm all here for it. I'd love to see it come winter, bring out Buffalo, but, uh, but, uh, no, the colder it gets the better the university of Buffalo. <laughs> I think that's gets, how right? it works. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, you guys see in fancy football land that whenever it snows in Vermont, Derek Henry has a good game, no matter where he's playing. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's kind of interesting. Weird statistical anomaly there. Uh but yeah, just at the Liberty West side of things, you know, Brown and Fairfield sitting undefeated at the top of that table 
probably not the two teams that you would maybe have picked. Although Brown obviously has been pretty good consistently, but you know, used to seeing the Ionas or the you know, Syracuse up there. Um, you know, who, again, not super far behind there, but you know, we'll say kudos to Fairfield again on that one, and and it'd be interesting to see down the stretch here who does end up on top of these two uh, these two divisions. Uh, so pretty competitive all around, and I like to see that. Nazareth is one of my favorite teams to watch as well on the East side of things. And it's, it's good to see them, you know, competing and getting some wins in these, in these conference matchups. So uh, yeah, Colby, we'll, we'll let you, we'll save you from having to tilt on this episode today about Iona just yet. Well, we can move on. Um, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll be checking back in on that. Uh, but the last kind of scoreline that I wanted to hit that we just, maybe we'll, we'll touch on this quickly, pour a little bit out here for uh, our program favorite Wheeling team who lost to Thomas Moore, 40 to 12. Uh, I think we all had a pretty, pretty high hopes for Wheeling, obviously not the end of the season here, but a tough, tough matchup to drop uh, there in great rivers conference play. Uh, any thoughts on, on that loss guys, uh, Josh, well, we can start with you on that. No, I didn't get to see this game, but I, uh, when I did see the score line, we were reviewing the show i was sad because i i was there right with you thinking that man wheeling's gonna come out and shock the world but uh i was a good team it's not it's not like they lost to a it's not like it was a big upset so yeah i agree thomas moore definitely a solid solid program and again another reason you want to watch them on that friday night rugby matchup their matchup later in the month but uh yeah it's just a step you'd want to see wheeling take this year with the athletes they have colby you in the same boat on that matchup yeah, it's not obviously, I think, a disappointing result for Wheeling, 40 to 12. But Thomas Moore, like you guys said, really good team. They're 16th in the rankings. They moved up 10 spots um, after that victory over Wheeling. So it's just something they got to learn from. Hopefully, they'll bounce back. I know we'll be rooting for them here, the college rugby wrap up. So, yeah, can't, I'm sure we'll see them uh, end the season tournaments there. And uh, Rua Karamazondo continuing to be on fire for Wheeling as well, a bright spot for them. Scored another try in this one. Uh, so, you know, he, he's really stepped his game up. They'll play Marion this weekend. I think that's a win for them. Um, so hopefully they can, you know, right the ship there and get things back on track. But, uh, yeah, tough tough loss to, to stomach there in that one. Um, uh, any other specific scorelines you guys want to talk about? I just have one kind of stylistic thing I wanted to get your thoughts on before we kind of moved into the ranking space. But and any other specific scores you guys want to shout out? No, I'm anxious to hear what your stylistic question is yeah i've been i've been stewing on this i don't know so i let me get your thoughts uh there's a couple games that i wanted to use as examples of this uh it's kind of like the i'll say the the elevation of of uh skill level or the elevation of the college game uh and there's a couple quotes from from articles this week kudos you know shout out to golf rugby rap uh, golf rugby report as always and uh the rugby breakdown as well uh for a lot of the information that we that we get from you know those sites for, for these things but you're talking about a, a Kutztown team who barely held on to a win. They had to actually come from behind and slot a penalty in the last, like, main, like final seconds to win 27-26 over Southern Virginia, who is not necessarily a team that we would think, you know, would put in that upper echelon there or would think could hang with a Kutztown team. Uh, and so that's one game that I want you guys to keep in mind here. Then the other, you know, Navy and their success this year – uh, they credit it to they brought in former Dartmouth head coach and now the assistant with Navy, James Willocks, uh, and their coach or the director of rugby at Navy, Gavin Hickey, says that Navy, this is a quote, Navy has always been a team built on conditioning and fitness, but that does not carry a team anymore in the college game. 
Rugby IQ has become critical in the success of a program at this level. And James, referring to James Willock's contributions, have certainly impacted that part of our game. So the point I'm trying to make is you can't just be a physical rugby team anymore with a bunch of like huge, strong athletes and expect to win at the college level consistently anymore. And the Kutztown Southern Virginia game illustrates that point because Kutztown, I think, is I mean, they're not just a physical team because they're like the peak of physicality. So they their whole game is like they are better than a lot of teams because they are just so much more physical and, and big than other teams. But as soon as you meet a team that can match your level of physicality, like Southern Virginia did to them on the day, you 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 have no answers left. You know, like you don't you have you don't have anywhere to turn when you can't just bully people for 80 minutes. Uh, and again, you know, I'm not saying that's all Kutztown is, but that's like 90% of their game from what I've watched is just being a big team. And then look what it's done for Navy, who always had obviously like peak athletes because you're at, you know, you're at Navy, you're, you're training all the time, you're in peak physical condition. And that didn't always translate to success for them because they would get out rugby, I guess you could say by other programs. So now they have the fundamentals and the rugby IQ to go along with it. And it's kind of taken them to new heights. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, just on, on what you think, you know, this means for the game moving forward at the college level, just how it's so important now to also be good at rugby as opposed to just being bigger, you know, and faster than other teams out there. Well, like my thing is like, when was it not important? You know, like when was there a time when a team could get away with just being big and be at the upper echelon of the rankings in college rugby? Like, I think it's, I think it's definitely, I don't think, I mean, I think you could still do that at lower levels. I would say, depending on what level of the game you're looking at the college space, you know, like maybe not obviously the D1A like right, level of right. things, but it's always been, you know, and let's even go back to our conversation from last week about how Penn state was always really good. Cause they just had all these, you know, like huge guys from the East coast that would go there. Um, but it it's, it's definitely, it definitely was more prevalent to just be the, you know, forwards phase off the ruck, like, you know, just pounded three, four five times and then like straight out to the backs. And then like, you just have a really fast guy in the wing, you know, there's right. not, so they're not advanced that, levels of strategy. You'll there, see teams have success with that sort of style, maybe in the D one double a or D two conferences and leagues, but not the D one. Well, at some points you do, I mean, again, look at Kutztown. I think they, you know, an example of a team that can use they physicality can, to, they can, but I have games. a hard time thinking that um, they rely on it because Doc Jones has been in the game for like what 20, 30 plus years now. I can't imagine he'd throw out a team that doesn't really know what they're doing as far as rugby IQ onto the field. I'm not saying they don't know what they're doing, but they he's probably bringing a mindset of the rugby game in college, like from the 20, 30 years ago, where it's like, you know, let's just line up and we know how, you know, how to ruck and how to do the fundamental stuff. Right. But is there like, do they have a really well-developed kicking game that can create space for them in the field? Are they seeing and creating space for their players when they're out there? I don't know. I don't necessarily see that so much. Um, And then when you run into a team like Southern Virginia, who they shouldn't, you know, have any right to be playing this close to Kutztown, and I'll give, you know, I'll give it any team can have a, an off day like Kutztown uh, on that day. And any team could have a great day like Southern Virginia. But I just think it, it kind of limits you as a team. Um, it's important to understand like a higher level of strategy. Here's here's the one thing I want to add to it. I mean, I don't know if you look at some teams, even smaller teams that have been coming up. The amount of impact that having dedicated coaches is now having in regards to now 
there's so many different companies out there that are providing, you know, trackers for players that they can wear while they're playing so they can get stats, you know, live stats after the game where decision-making and philosophies and all this kind of stuff, I think you're totally right, Zach. It's not, it's less about being physical. They're, you know, coaches are coming up with strategies that are really catering to the, the teams that they're able to recruit for, you know, Penn State, yeah, able to go get all those big guys from the East Coast, but, you know, take a look at other teams. Maybe take a look at, like, Arizona out West, right? They, they, can get, they can get big guys as well, but a lot of times they're getting really, really athletic guys. Maybe they're training some people that coming from football. They're getting some overseas talent. It's kind of like a different hodgepodge of talent that they're bringing in, and they just have so much data that they use day in and day out from practices, from games, that they're able to come up with a strategy and – they may not be winning all their games, but they're competing against some of the best programs in the country that are putting up 100 plus points on team on other teams that aren't as prepared. So we're coming to a stage in rugby where it's not only about conditioning your players, just like Navy, you know, Navy said, it's about preparing them to think and getting them in the right mindset so that they can go into any game, any situation and just understand how to play with the people around them. And I think that that has improved drastically over even the last five years here in the United States. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great point. I think it does have a lot of it has to do with coaching and being committed to that role, you know, not just necessarily being like a volunteer coach, spend a couple of days on the practice field, you know, that there's not as much you can do with that uh, it, when you're, when that's your setup. And I get it that, that most programs can't do anything other than that, you know, and that I'm not ta- trying to take anything away from them and the way they play the game. Uh, it's just, I've seen this shift happen more and more. I think we will start to see it as we go forward, just teams that are going to be able to marry both the physical aspect and the mental aspect in much better ways and give their teams more answers to the test and more ways to win, you know, when it comes down to it. So I think that's good for the game as a whole, because we'll start to see a more level playing field. You're not just going to have, you know, the, the classic programs run away with every game when a team can beat them, you know, identify their weak points, like you're saying through, through sophisticated coaching, uh, and and kind of attack attack their weak points and, and make a game of it. So I, I'm all for it. Uh, I don't mean to go like just an it just caught my eye. Just an interesting thought to see those two games kind of juxtaposed. And I saw that quote and I was like, huh, this is kind of interesting. Um, so I'm sorry I had to drag you guys on that on that tangent. I love it. I love it. I I still think Navy and Army though best set up to do it. I mean, service academies. You're kidding me. You've got the best people. To be able to get focused, ready to go every week. So, yeah, I'm sure Navy's really excited for their future because they got a they got a great future ahead of them. Army laid out the blueprint to win a national title. I totally think Navy can go do the exact. Yeah, thing. and then maybe we'll see like an Air Force, and like you know, we'll start to see all the academies. Uh... Don't push it too far. We're not going Air Force yet. Come on, the brakes, Josh. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes segment. But yeah, so let's get into our games to watch, guys, for this week. And then we'll also get into our lock it up segment. Uh, we've mentioned a couple games here that University of Iowa versus Michigan women's game on the first, definitely a must watch. Uh, if it's streaming somewhere, I don't have that info for you guys, so we're not going to be able to find it um, on the pod, but take, keep an eye out and see if you see that somewhere streaming. Uh, another one for me, at least, Army versus Dartmouth women's game on the first as well. That is streaming on ESPN Plus at 1 o'clock, and that should be a very, very good matchup. Uh, always two solid teams on the Naira front there, uh, so look out for that as well. You guys have any games everyone should be checking out this weekend? Yeah. How can we not pay attention to Mount St. Mary's against Brown? 
I think I think that's going to be a huge game. You know, Mount St. Mary's are going to have to bounce back after the loss against Penn State, and Brown are going to have to prove that, you know, they're a team to be reckoned with and that they're not a fluke after dealing with Iona. So excited about that game. All right, Josh, any games on your radar? I'm locking in Ohio State over Michigan. I mean, I can't I can't tell if this is an easy pick this week. Probably is, but I kind of need to protect my record and make sure that I I mean Colby and I are sitting at two and zero right now. I mean that <laughs> I, I got to make sure that I stay undefeated. I can't I can't move into second place. I can't turn into you know other people in the standings. <laughs> I was trying. Where's the confidence? I was trying so to like you- avoid getting into lock it up as long as possible. Uh- <laughs> like you're not even betting on yourself here, Josh. You're two and zero, and you're just gonna take an easy. You're gonna make an easy pick. How about like hey, like I know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna keep going at these underdogs, or you know. Go against the green. You, you, taking I mean, a short Mount St. Mary's over Brown. That's a that's a you know uh, that's a close one actually. You know that's a I don't know. That's, that's a good an upset. One, I, it's an upset. It is. You know I I I would pick an upset, but I'm gonna go with. Do I switch? Do I switch? Do I go? Do I go with a different one? Do I go with the Iowa over Michigan? You know what? I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna lock that one in. I'm gonna take a women's game. I'm taking Iowa over Michigan. Wow. There we go. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Wow, you can't believe you let Colby talk you into that, <laughs> You're going to ruin my record. You had it. You're going to win. He's mine. <laughs> you just want – Josh just wants Michigan to lose whatever whatever the, the – uh... Whoa, 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 whoa. I am an unbiased reporter. <laughs> says, says the man who spelled Michigan with an X. <laughs> <laughs> the doc doesn't lie, Josh. Google yeah. doc doesn't lie. Uh Josh picking Michigan men's and women to lose here. Uh, that is that would be a huge upset though. I'm with you on that. The Iowa game, Josh. Uh, just to to recap as well, last week I am sitting at zero and two because AIC did end up beating Dartmouth by two effing points, which is outrageous. Uh, and Colby took the other side of that and won. Um, and Josh also won his matchup because Adrian did beat Marion in that game. Uh, so everybody's two and zero except for me. Who is oh one and one? I'm gonna say, um, and I'm gonna try and right the ship here this week uh, and continue with my losing streak, probably of Ivy League schools here. But I'm gonna take the Dartmouth women's team uh, to beat Army on uh, on Saturday morning one or Saturday afternoon one o'clock. I think that'll finally get me on the board here. Should be a good time, guys. Thanks for uh, doing this again. Every week we'll have this for you guys coming out there. Uh, stay tuned with us throughout the entirety of the college season. Again, Zach Lanning for my colleagues, Kobe Marshall, Josh Restio. This is the College Rugby Wrap-Up, uh, and we are excited to be with you guys, excited to keep watching college rugby and talking about it. Uh, Colby, why don't you sing us out, man, right away? We got we to gotta get this thing going. Up Mount St. Mary's on the College Rugby Wrap-Up. <laughs>